Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like all things bookish, then you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina, and welcome to our mid-year wrap-up episode. Mid-year check-in? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Yeah, why not? (laughs) Um, I'm very excited because I have some stats for you that are going to blow your mind. I know. I'm a... I'm a different human, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we change, we evolve. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Um, so, yeah, what's up? What's new? Nothing much. What's not- oh, I, I forgot to tell you. I um, So, I took Cass. We were out somewhere. And as I was driving back to the house, um, back to her house, I passed a little library. Like a little free library. Ooh. So I, I was yeah. like, oh my God, a little free library. And Cash was like, just stop. And I was like, okay. And so um, <laughs> I got um, When I Was Puerto Rican. No way. Yeah. And I don't have that book. So I was like really excited because that was the only book that was like, because this was like, think about it. This was like in, in like Yonkers. So you can only imagine the mm-hmm. type of books that I saw, you know? So like, yeah, I was really excited to see that book there. And I was like, I'm so happy that I stopped. So when I go back, I'm going to put something in there because I just took a book. I didn't have any books with me that I wanted to give mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, yeah, we go back, I think, uh, in another week. So I'm excited. Nice. You know, super, super duper hot. Um, New York has been a furnace. It's been crazy. I feel like we've been in hell. Like, like I know. I know. I don't like, know what I need to do. I, well, you know what? I, we, <laughs> are, we had this argument at work because people were like, oh, it's hot as hell. And I'm like, it has to be cold in hell. Because if you think about it, <laughs> death is cold. So why wouldn't it be cold huh. in hell? Which I'm hoping because like there's not enough damage control that I can do to get myself out of that. That's situation. so funny. It's funny you bring up hell because I was thinking as I, I was dripping sweat when I was walking Luna, not to be too graphic, but it was super hot. And I'm like, yeah, it is It is too soon for me to be in hell. Like, give me some time to get there. Right. And I don't know if you know this, but, um, but I don't really sweat that much. Oh, lucky you. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I don't sweat that much, like, um, when I'm walking or, like, whatever. I'll be hot, but I, I don't sweat. Like, I don't emit that much sweat. And I realized this, like, I guess, like, this year, I realized how much I don't really sweat. But... Because, like, I've been, um, like, going to the gym and stuff like that, I started taking this pre-workout that, like, emits sweat. And so, like, mm. I've been sweating. And I'm just like, I don't like this feeling. <laughs> like, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to, like, change it because I don't like sweating. It, I, I don't know. It's gross. <laughs> right. It is. It is. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Um, but, yes, we are, <laughs> without a C, recording this episode just for you guys. So, that's true yes. love right there. Mhm. Mhm. Um all right, so are we jumping in? I think you have news for me, but I don't know if you're going to tell me now or later or I don't know what what's like, happening. I was like is she going to like <laughs> is she going to ask me? So, okay. I made a decision uh-huh. this week that I didn't tell I didn't tell Vina about, but I did talk to Julissa about it because But you te- you teased me about it. Be straight. Be straight. You teased me about like, it. I was I did because I it was so hard to keep this secret from you, right? Oh my god. So um so like thinking about like how much money I put into books and stuff like that. It's a very expensive habit to have. So in order to like mm-hmm. I'm also like it when we move in together, um, we're not gonna have a big place. Oh, I think I know what this is going, but okay, continue. No, where? <laughs> no, don't spoil yourself. So um 
Uh-huh. So like, so I ended up, um, and then I'm going for my master's program. So there was a lot of dis- there was a lot of like points that I had that I made this decision about. So it was recently Prime Day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of good benefits to like buying on Prime because you know have a. Uh, a credit card whatever with amazon so i was like okay like i've been thinking about getting an e-reader right and i'm not a type of person that likes to read like uh digital books like especially because you know i am i am a part of netgalley i have a netgalley account and like when yeah. i read on my ipad or my off my phone my eyes hurt a lot and stuff like that so i was like whatever like i looked at the e-reader and i was just like going to like back and forth about like what to do whatever mm-hmm. which one to get and so i watched a bunch of videos and i ended up getting one mm. and um i I had it, so, like, I paid 80, initially I paid, like, $80 for this, um, for this thing. It's, like, more than $100, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I initially paid $80, and then it came damaged. Oh, no! And one thing about me, I am not gonna return something. Like, it is too much hassle, especially with Amazon. They make you go to Kohl's. Yeah. And I don't know who works out. It's, like, worst. I'll go to Walgreens before I go but to But I Kohl's. hope you got your money back. I got more money. Oh, oh. Like, so I paid, like, I ended up paying, like, $50 for this for this e-reader. So I was like, if I don't use it, like, I only paid $50 for it. And $50 is a lot of money, but it's more than, like, mm-hmm. more than, like, I would have bought it at full price and then, like, not used it and been upset. And right. And Julius was saying, like, if anything, I could, like, re-gift it to somebody because I only paid $50 for this thing. And, like, okay, yes, $50 is a lot of money, but it's more, it's less than, like originally right. paying like the original price of it mm-hmm. so i got libby and stuff like that through it um mm. i got amazon unlimited um uh less than a month ago because i only get it when they offer like well i only get it when they offer like three months free mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do it like once a year for my account so i just do it every once in a year <laughs> once a year um so yeah so that's what i did i got an e-reader okay and it's a little cute thing yeah nice and I got it because, like, also for my master's program, like, I went to school for almost for five years at, like, at, Nass- at Nassau and, like, Queens. Mm-hmm. And I've read so many books. And, like, I carried so many books because, like, when you're an English major, you have to read, like, four to five, four, three to four books, a, uh, like, at a, at a time. So, right. like, I was just like, it'll be a cool thing that I can get. So I don't have to carry around all the books. I don't have to like search like through the, the notes that I take so that I can write my papers. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be there, like the notes there. So I was just like, it'll be easier for when I get, when I'm in my master's program. So, and I had, I had already thought about that as well. That's why I got my iPad okay. as well. Yeah. And then gotcha. Cass was looking at it yesterday. She's like, do I need one? And I'm like, no, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. No, I've considered an e-reader, but um, I don't know. I like flipping the pages, man. I don't know. Right. And I don't know if I can give that one up. Thing, that was the one thing that I was like, I don't want it because I like the feeling of having a physical book. Like, right. You know? But at the same time, when I'm reading at night, I notice a lot of eye strain, too. And that mm. avoids the eye strain. And um, Cass was going through it yesterday. And I got the black and white one. I don't know if there's one in color. But I yeah. got the one, the black and white one. And she was just like, wow, this kind of feels like, a, like, she was like, wow, this is kind of like close to a real book. Like, you know, mm. like the way that it looks and stuff like that. And I was like, no, for real, though, right? Like, right, right. you know, so I read a book on it already. Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it, and it was it was funny because it was at night and like it, my dad walked into the room and he was just and I was under my covers like mm-hmm, just had my mm-hmm. whole head like just under my covers and my yeah. dad was like are you okay I was like yeah he was like you sleeping I was like no I was in there reading because like, 
That's and he was cute. like, you want me to turn off the light? I was like, no, it's fine. And I was just yeah. chilling, like, you know, reading yeah. cozy. So, yeah. Yeah. I tried an e-reader. I think the Nook when we used to work at Barnes & Noble. And I was so oh, happy. Yeah. And it was, you know, the first month I read. And then I don't even know where I put it because I never picked it up right. again. And I'm like, I just can't. Right. <laughs> so, like, what are the uh, people I follow on YouTube? Um, she talks about, like, the back and forth with her um, Kindle. Like, she'll, mm-hmm. she says, like, she'll read a bunch on it. And then sometimes, like, because she lives in Canada... Um, Mm -hmm. they experienced like outages during the, I guess like during certain times of the year. And, and also this girl I follow in um, Dominican Republic, she also has a Kindle and like the Kindle Mm -hmm. battery life is so good. I just Mm want to say that like, you know, I just got it. So, you know, the battery life is always optimal when you first get an um, electronic item. But, um, they were saying how like sometimes they'll forget they have it and won't read. And then when they read, they'll read like a bunch of it on their Kindle. So I'm only using Uh. it for like in my house you know for now right until right. i go to until i get my master's like okay. then i'll carry it with me but yeah Cute. unless there's a real good book that i'm like trying to get this this book on libby um but i'm on a wait list so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's all that's my news oh okay good for you honey <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. um so i guess we'll jump into last reds i have yes. a ton Shanice does not have a ton, which is just as okay. Because I think you're, again, we are body swapping and she's reading chunky books and I'm just reading a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm reading. Damn. It's so big books. So I got, um, I read a short novella called Emergency Skin by N.K. Jemison. And it's Mm. a part like, it's a part of this like Amazon stories. Like, because I said I got got Amazon Unlimited for like three months. So um, I, I just... It was just a short read that I had uh, watched on a YouTube video. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. like N.K. NK Jemison, And like, I love dystopian. So I was just like, oh, let me read it real quick. So um, what will become of our self-destructed planet? The answer sh- shatters all expectations in the sub- um, subver- subversive speculation from the Hugo Award winning author of Broken Earth Trilogy. An explorer returns to gather information from a climate-ravaged Earth that has ancestors and others among the planet's finest fled centuries ago. The mission comes with a warning. A graveyard world awaits him, but so do those left behind, hopeless and unbeautiful waste of humanity who should have died all eons ago. After all this time, there's no telling how they devolved. Say, steal yourself, soldier, get in, get out, and try not to stare. I thought this was a really interesting read because it's only 30 pages, but there was so much packed into it. Also, Mm -hmm. like, it was written in the perspective of not the main character, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil it. It's only 30 30 pages, so, like, read it. Okay. Yeah. Is this the first time you read her? Because I've had her first book of that trilogy of hers for years like i got it at my cousin's wedding and she's had kids since then and i still Jesus. haven't read this book <laughs> damn girl no i started I the broken i started that series i remember i was reading it i read like almost 100 pages and then i had to like give it back to the library to get it back and so i haven't mm. picked it up since but i did read her other book last year um the city we became mm. oh yeah you did read her yes 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 yeah i have read okay. her before so like I thought that book was really interesting. Like, the way that she writes, it's just really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I would say if you like Octavia Butler, you'll like her as well. Oh, yeah. Because I find yeah, a I lot get of similarities vibe. in their writing. Right. Huh. Yeah. One day I'll read her. <laughs> One day. Um, alrighty. So I'm going to read two, right? Yes, two. Yeah. Okay. So I finished... And I am the biggest clown. I should put on my clown makeup. But I finished Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. Mm-hmm. And in the I've last seen episode, that so much. I've been seeing that so much on dude, and on YouTube and everything. It is all over the place, and I get it. But also, they gotta calm down. Anyways, so Divine Rivals. I spoke about it in the last episode, and you know I wasn't feeling it because I was too too similar to Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. And I absolutely adore that book. That's my second five-star of the year. Like, I love it. Um, So similar, so similar. But as I was talking on that episode, I I think that was the 4th of July because we recorded on the 4th of July. So after we recorded, I went downstairs and I was hanging outside in the garage with my brother. And I'm reading this book, my dude. And I felt like I had jumped into a thriller almost. Because there's a complete tone shift to this book that I was, there was suspense, there was thriller parts to it, there was a mystery, like everything was happening in the last 20% of this book that I wanted that energy and that craziness to be in the whole book, but it wasn't. Because that, that was the problem with this book, that it was so slow and like, there's a war, but you know that she's building up the war to like hit you in book two. So you have to go through like the law of like everyday life, but you know there's impending doom. You know what I mean? So right. she like completely raised the bar at the last 20. And I was like, what in the heck am I reading? Um, but as a reminder, this book is about um it's a teen book which i keep forgetting because it's written very like no adult adultish but anyway after centuries of sleep the gods are at war again but 18 year old iris winnow just wants to hold her family together her mother is suffering from addiction and her brother is missing from the war's front lines her best bet is to win the columnist promotion at the oath gazette As a way to deal with her worries, she starts writing letters to her brother, who's at war, right? And she slips them beneath her closet, where they vanish. Where do they go? They go into the hands of Roman Kit. And he is her cold and handsome rival at the paper that she works at. And he anonymously writes Iris back. And the two of them form a connection that will follow Iris all the way to the front lines of battle. To her brother, to the fate of mankind and to love so this is the thing that i think i mentioned in the last episode the whole power dynamic between them how he knows from off the bat and you as a reader know off the bat that he knows who she is but she doesn't know who he is um and that's uh, it's dragged too long for the first 80 percent of the book but the last 20 guys like I was texting Julissa and I was like, Julissa, holy crap, what is happening right now? I was freaking out Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's just, it's just turning up and I love it. Um, So I need book two. It's coming out because of the power of the TikToks, my people, the publishing date of this book, the second book was bumped up to this year. It was supposed to be next spring and because of the popularity and they want to, you know, get that cash money. It's coming out in December now. And I am very excited. But also, TikTok is terrifying. (laughs) 
Wait, so you liked it or you didn't like I it? I did. I did. I, I'm not going to say it was spectacular. It's not. But I do need to know how it's going to go down. I just need to know. Do you think that you, if you didn't read the book before that you said this was kind of similar to a Yeah. Plot, I would have liked, would have liked, liked it, more. it more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Dude, I did it again. I did it. Spoiler alert. I did it again. But I'll tell oh you about it later. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. I, I think the hype is too hyped on the social media, but it usually is. Um, so if you guys want a cute read that also feels like a thriller, pick this up. Um, and then my second last read is Princess Bride which I read as a buddy read with one of my customers. And it's by William Goldman. And again, it's based on the 1980s movie, The Princess Bride. Dude, what a hoot. This this book is a comedy and it is so, so funny. And it's so rare for a movie and a book to even like be on par with each other. But I think they are both just as good. Um, and there's not much to say. It's a classic and I want you to see the movie because it's actually really really good <laughs> um and the way it ends is kind of crazy i don't know if the movie ends the way the book ends i need to rewatch it because it's been like six years since i saw it um but yeah it's set in 1941 and it's a satire and rich in characters um there's a lot of beasts and pain and death and it's just a really really funny book and i enjoyed it we are trying to figure out what our next buddy read is, and I think it's going to be Rebecca. Did you read Rebecca in school? Because I didn't. Actually, I want to read Rebecca. Ooh, you should join us. She's like, no. Rebecca, by, <laughs> who was it by? Uh, Du Maurier? Yeah, I wanted yeah. to read that book. Um, I don't know who told me about that book. Or maybe I'm thinking about another book. No, I wanted to read this book, but I'm thinking about another book as well. That's, I think Christina hmm. told me to read. I think it was Orlando. Oh. But anyway, go ahead. Is that by Sorry. Virginia Woolf? Yeah. Virginia Woolf? Is that yeah, her name? Yeah. 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 Um, so. No, that's it. Your turn. Okay. Oh, my God. I think I know where your book is, and I'm so excited. Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, because I don't know if you know, but... I think I know. I think you know, too. Uh, so, I finished reading Twilight by Stephanie Yeah, Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just quickly, if you don't know what Twilight is, uh, get <laughs> from the rock you've been hiding under, but uh, <laughs> it says about three things. I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was oh a part God. of him, and I didn't know how dominant that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Bro, I have that memorized, bro. Yeah, for real. (laughs) For real. So so let me tell you something before I go into this, because I don't think I had started reading it yet when we we last. No, you had just announced that you were going to read it. I had just announced I was. So let me tell Mm -hmm. you, I reading over this is a wild ride. And mind you, I am (laughs) reading it and keeping in mind that this was written for a younger version of me. So I'm definitely making sure I keep that in mind, but I am loving my experience because I'm like, I'm remembering Mm -hmm. like experiencing this for the first time. But let me tell you, Mm. I read this and I discovered the biggest plot hole. (gasps) Bro. Shut up. I have, I have, I have. And I'm going to make sure because like, 
mind you, like, there was one part that I didn't... So, I, I guess I could spoil it, right? Because, like, if you haven't yeah, read Twilight... Yeah, it's been a hundred years. Come on. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, if you haven't read, like, Twilight, like, grow the fuck up, read it. Okay. So, um, Alice... And, and this is, like, in the movies, right? We all know that Alice had lost her memory and didn't know what happened to her. Right? Right. But I, because I watched the movies and I had forgotten that they never answered that, but they did answer it in the books. Hmm. Right? And I was just like, oh, you find out in the first book, not what happened, not like, you don't, you don't exactly know what happened to her, but you, you know what happened to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was that the guy who, um, who was hunting Bella was the one who, who like, he kind of did the same thing, like, because he's a hunter, right? He likes to, mm-hmm. like, play the game. He likes to target, like, people, um, vampires mm-hmm. who are obsessed with humans. And so, it, in the book, in the movie, they never, like, explain, like, why Edward is so entranced by Bella. And it's because, like, every so often you'd have this, um, like, this, like, I forgot what they said, but it's like heroin. Like you meet somebody and they have that smell, that 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 smell that you're like obsessed with them. Like you know, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's an overpowering feeling. So like that's why he was so obsessed with her because that was his human. And so like, right? Alice was in the psych ward because it was the 1920s, and she okay. was a psychic. Like she was getting vision, so they put her in the psych ward. And somebody in the in the psych ward was a vampire and had that same attraction that Edward and Bella have to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he he found him. He found him, and that's why he killed her hunt. He killed her vampire, but he had made her a vampire, so she doesn't remember anything that happened. But that's what happened. Mm. Anyway, back to the plot hole. The biggest plot <laughs> hole I have discovered is that. You know how Bella's a shield, right? What? Like Bella's a shield, like Edward can't read her mind. Right. Um, the Volturi can't see her past or her future or whatever the fuck they can see, right? Right. Dakota Fanning can't give her pain. I don't remember her name in the book, but I don't know <laughs> her name in the movie, right? They can't give uh-huh. her pain. Uh-huh. The cousin from Canada can't shock her, right? Yeah. Why the fuck can Alice see her future then? Oh, plot hole indeed. If Look at you. Shield, why can Alice see her future? Because when you think about it, remember when Al- when when um in New Moon, when Bella yeah. falls off the cliff, Bella, I mean, uh, Alice sees her fall. The why? How she? How can she see that? Huh? Because if you think about Convenient. it, remember, remember the wolves are blocked from Alice's. Um. Uh. She can't see their future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why isn't it like that with Bella if she's a shield? Right. Ain't that I don't crazy? Know. Yeah. Good job, dude. That shit don't make no sense. That to makes me. no sense. <laughs> right. It don't. Cause I was just like, damn, like Well, yeah, that was the that was the plot hole I discovered. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, are you gonna continue? Are you gonna read the rest? Yeah. Do you want to though? Did you like your reread? Yeah, I I told you I'm having a good reading experience because I'm like remembering oh. when I read this, these books when I was in high school. Like, okay, you know, okay, I remember okay. falling in love with Twilight. So it's kind of like when I read Harry Potter. Like, I remember the reading it for the first time. You know, like, mm-hmm. 
All right. Yeah, I had a, yeah. You got to report back. Huh? <laughs> you got to report back. Yeah, I think like when we were all young, like I'm now you can make fun of it and be like, oh my God, we were so obsessed. Like this was so. Yeah. Like yeah. But like I absolutely loved it. You know, like I can't not say like, oh, you know, it's like one of those things that's like, it's a car crash. You know, it's bad. But, like, you have to look. <laughs> like that's what this was. Like, right. It's so, and you know, like, I guess like you can try to minimize like everything around Twilight, but it was mm-hmm. such a huge imprint in pop culture. Absolutely. Like, and you know, like, Absolutely. I, 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 I always tell Cass, right? Like that, you know, um, Robert Patter, Robert Pat, what is his name? Pattinson. Pattinson. Robert Pat- Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, uh, the t- mm-hmm. Tyler, whatever his name, Taylor, whatever. They can all mm-hmm. make fun of it if they want to. But they made millions off of it. They don't have to work if they didn't want to. They never have right. to work anymore because Twilight is still relevant today. So you can't you can agree. sit there and make fun of it. But yeah, that's y'all. That, that, you know what I'm saying? That made y'all. Like, not made y'all because, mm-hmm. like, I know that Robert Pattinson was, like, he was in Harry Potter and died. And, um, yeah, yeah. And all that. But I'm just saying, like, he had money before, but, like, he really had money from. So that was his own shit. That was, like, you know, that was Harry Potter. Like, none of the cast from Harry Potter have to ever work again in the industry. They do passion mm-hmm. projects because they mm-hmm. don't have to, you know? So, right, right. I always find that interesting when, like, when people make fun of it. But I'm like, you benefited so much from it. Like, you can't sit there and mm-hmm. make fun of it so much. <laughs> That's it's it. true. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, okay. Back with New Moon. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next two less reds. Uh, I finished A Marvelous Light. And this one is by Freya Mars. I want to say his last name. And we've read this for a book club at the store. And it brought up a lot of discussion. But first, I'm going to tell you what it's about. Um, So it's set in an alternative Edwardian England. This is a comedy of manners, manor houses, and hedge mazes, including a magic-infused murder mystery and a delightfully queer romance. Young baronet Robin Blythe thought he was taking up a minor government post however he's actually been appointed as a liaison to a secret magical society if it weren't for his administrative error he'd never have discovered the incredible magic underlying his world cursed and mysterious attackers and plagued by visions robin becomes determined to drag answers from his missing predecessor but he'll need the help of edwin his hostile magic society counterpart Unwillingly thrown together, Robin and Edwin will discover a plot that threatens every magician in the British Isles. Bro, this book. Um, so it's a debut, and I was shook. I was shook, right? I was like, holy crap, like, the writing is so great, the world building. It reminded me so much of Harry Potter, but this felt like, you, do, you know the story in Harry Potter of the Deathly Hallows? Mm-hmm. This is what this book is to me because if it's magicians trying to find three items in order to i don't know if it's a spoiler or not in order to get the most power out of magic they need these three pieces and it feels like the deathly hallows how you had to find the wand the cape and oh what was the third part i forgot 
Anyway, you're on a hunt to get all these missing pieces to be like, to defeat death or whatever. So that's what this felt like, right? And I'm like, how is this a debut? How's it debut? So book club happens, yeah? And mm-hmm. it is it is shared with the class that the author was an AO3 writer. Now, to me, I have no idea what that means, but apparently it's like a fanfiction.net kind of website. And I was like, okay. oh, so she wrote fanfiction. And I want to say Harry Potter fan fiction, but I'm probably wrong. Um, so it explains like a lot of how she created the magical system and like the tropes that she used and all the spiciness in this book is very like, it's very graphic and everyone is a little older in book clubs. So I was a little scared of like, are they going to be scandalized or whatever? Um, but someone brought up a point of how do I even want to start this conversation right now? I don't even know. But um, one of the book club members was like, um, I don't know how I feel about a woman, a straight woman, writing gay sex. And I was like, huh, let's see what the rest of the people think about this. And if it's, it's a conversation that could go in many different ways. But at the end of the day, it's if you're doing, and we've spoken about, you know, the TJR situation and all of that if you're doing the research and doing it with respect then I don't yeah. see the issue um but everyone spent a long a long time talking about it and talking about it from different point of views and someone said well if we only write our own experience then we're not going to have a lot to write about and I was like huh that's a point that I understand as well so yeah. I don't know I've spoken I to you that- about it and Patty yeah, and I- yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that you can look at the at this conversation, right? And I think like that as a writer, you do have creative license to like write outside of your your point of view. Like that is literally like kind of your job, you know, like you're mm-hmm. you have creative license to do certain things. It comes to a point where there's a there's a line that's drawn when you're um when you're doing harm to to like marginalized like um you know, marginalized communities. I think that's when there's like a, there's a, there's that thing, you know, like mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you did say, well, I don't know how you, cause I never read the book. So like, yeah, you know, you got to think back to like Hana Yenagata, you know, mm-hmm. she wrote a little life and she's a straight mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, did yeah. she have the authority to write that story? Mm. I think that as a as a writer, you have creative license, but you also have um, to make a judgment or to right. have like a responsibility to write um, to write authentically because like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. authentically in the way that's like you have to do your research, you have to do all that. You do your due diligence. Make mm-hmm. sure that your 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 book is not harming anybody, and also like right. I think like a lot of what people feel. It, it, I feel like it comes under the responsibility of the publisher. And I'm not saying 100% mm-hmm. it does, but I'm saying a big majority does because if a certain person, let's just say this white woman, right? She writes this story and it does have gay characters in it. Those marketing dollars should not mm-hmm. be taken out of LGBTQIA plus community or um, right, writers. Right. That should not, yeah. it should be marketed as, okay, this is a white woman straight white woman and she's writing mm-hmm. this story regardless mm-hmm. of like of what she writes 
those are the marketing dollars that she should get, not other right. marketing dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it should right. never be like, it should, like, a book that was written by an LGBTQIA plus person should not be taken off the table because mm-hmm. this book exists. And that's mm-hmm. my problem with publishing. That 100% yeah. that is my problem with publishing. Right, right. No, I get you. I agree with you. It's, yeah, it's a difficult topic, and I don't know what the solution is, if there's a solution. And um, book two of this series is a sapphic story. And again, it's not like I'm going to sit here and, like, guess if the author is part of the community, because that's not my job. But, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. It's a tricky, tricky thing. Like, like I said, as a writer, you have creative license, but you also have a responsibility. So, like, if you want to use that creative license, you also have to have that responsibility. You're holding right. that responsibility. So, yeah. like, it's kind of like a, what is, it's, would it be like a catch-22? It's a catch-23 because we in 2023, no. It's a catch-22 because, like, you, you're using that creative license, but you could also have that backlash because, like, Hannah... Yanagata. Mm-hmm. Am I saying her name right? Yanagata. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote Little Life and then she wrote that second book and it was kind of like the same. Like, is she marketing yeah. off or like profiting from the from the gay community? Like, is she doing that? Right. Or is the, are these the stories that are authentically coming to her? Like, she's authentically being inspired to write mm-hmm. these stories. Or right. is it something that she's like, oh, I can't, I made a quick buck doing little a little life maybe i'll do this story as well you know so like right. but there's no way to, ga- to <clears throat> there's no way to gauge that either it, it is not it, there's no way to gauge that so like yeah. and that's why we have these conversations in circles because so many people can make so many different points and they can they are all right and they are and then and, 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 and another point of view they could be all wrong you know what i'm saying so like mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to like where do you fall in line right, right. how do you feel yeah. and like mm-hmm. with me i feel like you have re- you have a creative responsibility. You have a ca- creative license to like write these stories, mm-hmm. but then you have a responsibility, right? So use that creative license, but also use your responsibility. And my my problem mm-hmm. comes from people who don't do that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. What's crazy is that if usually I'm okay with spice and I don't mind it, but with right. this book, it it was always a, almost a disservice to the book because. And I want, like, I want to know in their heads, in authors' heads, like, I know they're following sometimes a formula, right? And, right. you know, they're building building the tension, you have that first that kiss, and then breakup. the the <laughs> third act breakup, but you yeah, also yeah, yeah. get all these spicy scenes. And it's like, mm-hmm. for specifically for this story, you have a fantasy element, you have a murder mystery element, and the reader, as they're getting more immersed in into the story they want to know the answers to the mystery that's happening but she diverts it with very long spicy overly detailed scenes and you're like holy crap like i was actually skimming them because i'm like i actually want to know what the next murder is gonna be like can you just you know what i mean and usually i'm not that like that usually i just go with the flow and whatever whatever happens happens (laughs) it is is what it is is. is. (laughs) i'm not gonna complain but also it's a detriment to like the story that you're actually telling you know so so there's that there's that did she need to write that Right, you know, right. What I'm like it's okay to I hold back. The story, it's, you know, I had read this. Um, 
and I, I'm, I'm going to say this really quickly. I read this book, and it's by a... I, from, what I, from what I researched and stuff like that, this was a person who identified as straight, and she wrote this story. It was like a teenage mm-hmm. love story, right? And mm-hmm. it was... A, I could not believe that, like, the author was, you know, identifying as straight, and, like, to my... Like, may had not... May had not, like, experienced or, like like experienced these things right but wrote this mm-hmm. beautiful t- story and right. it was because it's a love story everybody has fallen in love it looks mm. and feels kind of the same to everybody like if i say the first time i fell in love it might match somebody else's story because that love feeling is mm-hmm. universal right yeah, yeah to a certain point it's universal right so like she didn't ha- she didn't put any spicy scenes in it she didn't put anything mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. like that was that was going to take away from the story. And, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, she is a straight mm-hmm. woman. She identifies as straight. She wrote this beautiful um, sapphic story. Mm-hmm. And, like, she she did she did her creative license and did it with responsibility, right? Right. Did this author do the same thing? I don't know. Because, like... And you know I, I hate like, Fade to Black. Like, I hate it. Because <laughs> right. I'm like, you're going to build attention and you're going to, like, completely shut us off. That's not cool. That's not right. cool. But this one needed it. I feel like right. if we had we had exactly three spicy scenes, like, dude, it was, like, perfectly timed. And I'm like, oh, it feels like a, such a formulaic way of writing. But, like, if one of them at least had been Fade to Black, I would have been happy. I would have been happy. But they were all like, no, you're going to be in this and you're going to read everything and, and then like, it makes oh, you okay. uncomfortable because <laughs> if you had read this someone who from someone who who like who it's an authentic experience it probably wouldn't have felt that way because it was an right that's true you know? that's true it's it may, did she watch a lot of like corn and then decided <laughs> to write this like i don't you know because like if you because <laughs> like not not to be like you know watching corn and stuff like that you can tell like when a woman produces corn and when a man produces mm. corn for mm-hmm. certain you know things you can tell because like you know yeah yeah and no, it, it was you. it's always a joke with me and my my friends who are like um who identify as like in the lgbtqi community about mm-hmm. certain stuff like it's just like that's not real like that's not even mm. you know and it, yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. but it's not because like you know people will use that and then Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we so talked a lot about this book, so it's brought a lot of discussion, which is funny. Um, I think that's a okay. discussion that we'll always have, though. Like, that's yeah, a, like yeah. if you're if we're gonna be reading books, like that's something that should be pointed out. That's just that's something that like we should keep having conversations about, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the conversation should keep evolving. Like, Definitely. like that that's a thing that like we should keep questioning like do you have the you do you have mm-hmm. the authority to tell this story like you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like because mm-hmm. then you see people who take advantage of their creative license like right. the other lady you know what i'm saying you know who i'm talking yeah. about the barbed wire lady i'm gonna mm-hmm. say her name mm-hmm. because like she don't need to have a seat <laughs> in our podcast you know i know you know someone tried to convince me to read it and i just looked at them and i said no absolutely not but I thank would you ne- <laughs> I would never like yeah yeah. I think I would read it just to say that no. I read it and it was not, uh, it's, it's, and come with points where why that was so destructive. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not to mm-hmm. say like, oh, I would never read that book. Cause I think that's like, that's also a, a, a blinded way to look at something. Like if you, mm-hmm. if it is harmful, if it is like something, then we should know why. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, because of how people talked about it and stuff like that. But like, you'll never know from your own experience why this book was harmful. Right. 
So mm. for that, I would say, like, if I wanted to read it to, like, really know and really feel it, then I would. But I don't want to because, you mm. know. No, I'm going to give my time to other books. <laughs> TBH. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, of course. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's there's also a conversation that we can have with that. Like, how do you know that mm-hmm. this book is offensive if we didn't read it? Right, 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 right. That was, like, with the whole, t- like, TJR thing. Like, mm-hmm. that book wasn't offensive. But, like, if we would have listened to everybody... We would have thought and so. And not yeah. had read it, then we would have been like, oh, this is... Uh, uh, like, and it wasn't. <laughs> like, to me. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. I have one more book before we jump into our okay, current okay, reads. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I finished reading Kiss the Girl by Zoraida Cordova, our girl. Mm. Um, very excited to read another book by her. Very different from Orquida Divina. So this is a mm-hmm. modern retelling of unexpectedly falling in love and finding your voice um kiss the girl is the highly anticipated and third installment in the acclaimed and best-selling meant to be collection so the meant to be collection is retellings of disney princesses um so each one is written by a different author and the third one is by zoraida so we follow ariel del mar She is one of the most famous singers in the world. She and her sisters, together known as the band Siren 7, have been a pop culture phenomenon since they were kids. On stage, wearing her iconic red wig and sequin costumes, staring out at a sea of fans, is where she shines. Anyone would think she's the girl who has everything. But lately, she wants more. Siren 7 is wrapping up their farewell farewell tour and ariel can't wait to spend the summer just living a normal life part of a world where she's only ever seen from the outside but her father the head of atlantica records has other plans for her and wants to wants her to begin her breakout solo career immediately starting with a splashy announcement on a morning talk show the night before, Ariel and her sisters sneak out to their Manhattan penthouse for a night, and they go to a rock concert in Brooklyn. And it's there that Ariel crosses paths with, you guessed it, Eric. <laughs> but this one is Eric Reyes, and he's a dreamy lead singer of an up-and-coming band. Unaware of her true identity, Eric spontaneously invites her on the road for the summer. And for the first time in her life, Ariel disobeys her father and goes with him. Caught between the world she longs for and one that she's left behind, can Ariel follow her dreams, fall in love, and somehow find her voice? Oh, guys. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I did. I did. I want to say the first chunk of the book, there's a lot of hmm, building the tension, and you're just supposed to just go along with it because you know the story of The Little Mermaid. So she throws, like, a lot of Easter eggs and, like, the name of the sisters are all very similar to the ones in in The Little Mermaid. And she's just building off of the world that we already are aware of, right? But once she goes on this tour with Eric, I feel like the story comes alive because she's creating her own story at this point and Eric is so fleshed out I don't remember a thing of the movie The Little Mermaid Eric like does he even have a personality who knows but Eric Reyes is like completely realized all of his like band members are a huge part of the story so they're, they are supporting characters but they all have like their own storyline and I love that mm-hmm. um, it was really really fun but the whole time I kept thinking what does his band sound like bro I went into a deep dive and I 
I haven't done this since tomorrow and tomorrow, but I'm making a playlist for this book. Oh my god. <laughs> and you know how I get with playlists. So you guys watch out for it because I'll post it on our Instagram. But I just it's gonna be a lot of Selena. A lot of Selena because it just reminds me so much of Ariel, our main character. But also, I don't know if you know this song that Selena has with the Barrio Boys. Do you know the Barrio Boys? I'll send it to you. It's a great song. It's a great song. Okay. But that song reminded me of Eric and Ariel singing together. And I was like, okay, this is the, this is the off point where I'm going to build this playlist. Um, it's going to be 99% in Spanish, which whatever, you're going to have to deal. Um, but yeah. Um, I really, really liked it, and we are hosting her at Dina the store. Making another playlist, bro. I know. I'm very excited. I like. I'm looking at my little list because <laughs> I, I haven't mentioned this, but my computer died. So I've been writing down the songs that I need to Google later, so that I can, <laughs> so that I can add it to the playlist. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. She's gonna be at the store next month, and I'm very, very excited. Uh, so what is your current read? So um, I will be starting New Moon tonight. So I'm no way. That, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are you gonna read it on your uh, Kindle? No, I have the physical books. Why would I do that? Oh, you have all the books? Yeah, I have all of them. Nice. Yeah. Damn, she's a true that? fan. No. I had all I have all the Harry Potter books except I didn't have um the No, I had all the Harry Potter books and then I have all the Twilight Cute. since I was a kid I came I went back to Virginia when I moved back to New York. I went back mm-hmm. to Virginia and I did three trips and I brought I bought most of my books that I had in Virginia with into New York. Mm-hmm. On a train ride, let me tell you. If anybody <laughs> ever walked the Times Square was it Times Square? Is it Grand Central? I forgot which what part the Amtrak leads. But mm-hmm. anybody ever walked that tunnel? Like I walked it with like Harry Potter books and Twilight books. So like <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. Nice. Um. So the book that I'm currently reading, I'm almost done with it. Um. The first to die at mm. the end, and this was the prequel by Adam Severa, and mm. um, in the it's the night before Death Cast goes live, and there's one question on everyone's mind: Can Death Cast actually predict when someone will die or is it just an elaborate hoax um orion pagan has waited years for someone to tell him that he's going to die he has a serious heart condition and he signed up for a death cast so he could know what's going on valentino prince is restarting his life in new york city he has a long promising future ahead and he only registered for death cast after his twin sister nearly died in a car accident Orion and Valentino crossed paths in Times Square and immediately fall, fell deep, uh, felt a deep connection. But when, their first ra- when the first round of end days calls goes out, their lives are changed forever. One of them receives a call and the other doesn't. Though neither boy is certain how the day will end, they know they want to spend it together, even if it means their goodbye will be heartbreaking. So, mm. I feel like I'm a clown, again, with Adam Silvetta, <laughs> because, like, I'm, like... They're not going to die. And I know that one or both of these people are going to die. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, no, they're not going to die. And, like, that was (laughs) the same thing I did with they both die in the end. He literally Mm -hmm. says they both die in the end. He told you what was going to happen. And, like, I'm like a clown. And I'm like, they're not going to die. They're going to die. Right. So I just feel like I got my clown makeup ready. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just going to be doing my clown festivities. 
<laughs> and um, I'm also reading. Um, I didn't write this because I forgot that I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading it on my Kindle, that which is probably why I was like, oh, I forgot that I'm reading this book. Yeah. I'm reading um, this book by Margaret Atwood. Um, mm-hmm. It's called The Year of the Flood. Mm. And it's a book that is the second book to... Um, uh, it's the Mad Adams uh, series, is number two. Okay. Um, and I had read Oryx and Crake when I was in school a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, it's available. Let me just download it. So I, I've been doing that. So, uh, the times and species have been changing at a rapid rate, a rapid rate, and the social compact is wearing as thin as environmentally, uh, environmental stability. Adam won the kindly leader of the God's Garden Nurse, a religion devoted to the melding of science and religion, as well as the preservation of all plant and animal life has long predicted a natural disaster that will alter earth as we know it now it has occurred obliterating most human life two women have survived ren a young trapeze dancer locked inside the high-end sex club scales and tails and toby a god's gardener barricaded inside a luscious a luxurious spa where many of their treatment are edible have Hmm. others survived ren's bio artist friend Amanda, Zeb, her eco-fighter stepfather, her one-time lover Jimmy, or the murderous painballers survivors of the mutual, the mutual elimination pain, painball pure prison, not to mention the shadowy, corrupt policing force of the ruling powers. Meanwhile, gene splice life forms are pro, um, proliferating. Parading. The lion lamb blends the mohair sheep with human hair, the pigs with human brain tissue, as Adam One and his intrepid hemp-clad band make their way through the strange new world. Ren and Toby will have to decide on their next move. They can't stay locked behind, uh, locked away. So, I think this is really interesting, um, number two. Like, uh, Margaret Atwood is just so interesting as a writer. So, in the first book we followed Jimmy who was like the main character and we followed his whole life and uh Toby right was it Toby I think it was Toby mm-hmm. I think it was Ren Ren was had a small part in the first book where she had I think she had um she had a, a one night stand with Jimmy and now the second book is about her So, okay. Yeah, it's always nice. Yeah. What are you currently reading? Okay. So I went from one tour bus to another tour bus, guys, because I just I repeated my same mistake and I'm reading a book about another band. Um, <laughs> it's just that we're back on a tour bus. So this one is called Songs in Ursa Major. Okay. So this one, if you love Daisy Jones... This book is for you, my people. Also, um, it reminds me so much of TJR's writing because, dude, I blinked and I was 100 pages in and I was like, how did I get here? (laughs) What day is it? It's so immersive, but it's such simple writing, dude, that 
you don't even have to think. You're just like going for the ride, and I freaking love it. Um, so the year is 1969, and the Baleen Island Folk Fest is a buzz with one name, Jesse Reed. Tall and soft-spoken with eyes blue as stonewashed denim, Jesus Christ, Jesse Reed's intricate guitar riffs and supple baritone are poised to tip from fame to legend with this one headlining performance. That is, until his motorcycle crashes on the way to the show. Jane Quinn is Baleen Island local whose music flows as naturally as her. Oh, I don't want to read this. I just cringe so hard. Hold on. (laughs) Her music flows as naturally as her long blonde hair. Kill me. Anyway, when she and her bandmates are. Let me just say one thing. The author does not write the descriptions. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. It's the editor who writes these descriptions, which is why I get so mad because sometimes they don't even get near the story. Anyway, I'm going to continue. So when she and her bandmates are asked to play in Jesse Reed's place at the festival, it almost doesn't seem real. But Jane plants her bare feet on the main stage and delivers the performance of a lifetime, stopping Jesse's disappointed fans in their tracks. A star is born. Jesse stays on the island to recover from his near-fatal accident, and he strikes up a friendship with Jane, coaching her through the production of her first album. So basically, you follow these two characters deep, deep in the early 70s music scene. Um, There's lyrics, there's writing of songs. You kind of have to keep in mind that there's a secret that Jane has, about her mother and her involvement in the music industry. Um, and basically, they've started friends. Obviously, it goes into a little more. But it's so messy and there's so much uh, mayhem going on. And like the bands have to get along together because his band is like older and more experienced. And hers is just starting out. So it's very Daisy Jones vibes. But I love it, dude. I love it. Um, and she was inspired by the real relationship with Joni Mitchell. And James Taylor, I want to say his name is. Let me look it up. Um, but yeah, they had a very like public relationship that went up in flames and the whole deal. Um, let me look up the names. Yeah, Joni Mitchell and James Taylor. And he also wrote a song about her that went as viral as anything gets in the 70s. But um, yeah, it's a very similar vibes. They write music about each other and the whole deal. But it's very messy. And I'm loving it. Please pick it up. If you guys pick it up, talk to me about it because I love this book so much. Um, the reason I picked it up was because I heard how similar it was to Daisy Jones, but also Alexis, one of our customers and friends in the store, read it. And she's like, you are going to eat this book up. And I'm like, okay, say say less. <laughs> so that's why I'm reading it. She knows. She knows, she knows the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alrighty, so we're finally jumping into our mid-year check-in. Holy yes. moly, what a year. Um, I actually, before we go into the questions, can I ask you something off of the script? Sure. <laughs> How is your reading goal going? Can you remind us what your reading goal was? So my reading goal is 80 books. Mm. I also have a okay. challenge um, that I have to read um, 25 genres. Oh, right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. So my reading um, goal, right. I mean, my reading um, challenge, I'm at 38 books. 38? No, 39 books. Okay. I'm at 39 books. And um, I've read, I've read 19 or 
18 different genres. Well, cast as Ooh. one doesn't count as a genre. So she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, don't, don't do that one. That one is, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> so okay. she tells okay. me one of them um, doesn't count. So 17 genres. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's really impressive, dude. Um, as for my reading goals, the, the thing about this year is that I didn't set a number. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I said in the first episode, not the first episode, but when we set our resolutions for the year, that I was only going to set up a reading goal if I went into a reading slump. And guys, I am doing the opposite of a reading slump. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm reading so much. Um, I One of my goals was to read longer books, which I am definitely doing and having the best time of my life. Um, the only part of my goal that I'm not focusing on and I, I'm kicking myself for it is that I was going to say I was going to read books in Spanish and I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I said I was going to read more poetry, and I haven't. <laughs> and I said I was going to read nonfiction, and I have not. So yeah. the next six months or five months or whatever, I need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. But I'm having so much fun with fiction. How do you even, how do you even, uh, I can't step away. Um, but yeah, and I've read 33 books so far, which is insane. Because I was at 33 at the end of the year last year. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Ready for the questions? Mm-hmm. All right. Kick it away. So the first question that we had was the best book that um, we've read so far this year. And mm-hmm. what was that for you? I think we might have the same answer, but it's Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo. We don't. <gasps> Shocking. What's yours? Twilight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, the, the ones I had two of them because I did read, um, I have 38, 39 reads. So like, um, for poetry is promises of gold by Jose Alaveres. Yeah. Such a good book. And then, um, watch over me by Nina LaCour. No way. I really love that book. And I think like, it just had a lot to do with like, just looking at grief. I think like just wow. the, the amount of like. I don't know, the way that book made me feel, and it was only 200 pages, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was a really good book. Nice. Yeah. But that's I did it? love Family Lore, and I did contemplate it. I did. <laughs> but, yeah, Watch Over Me. I was just like, such a good book for me. I'm shooketh. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so next up is the best sequel you've read so far. Yes. Um... I've read Deathless Divide from the Dead Nation duology by Justina Ireland. Ooh, you really like that book. Yeah, it was such a great ending, and it was so much better from the first book. She really took it further by having Catherine's point of view added to the story. And I almost wished it was like that from the beginning, um, because I would have loved to see how Catherine and Jane's friendship, like, was from both point of views. I wish I saw the starting and the ending from both point of views, but overall, hands down, sequel. How about you? Um, well, I've only won one sequel. No, that's a lie. I've read two. Uh, yeah, but one is lie. a clear winner, and it's um, an, island, an Island Princess Starts a Scandal. It's my oh, favorite sequel. I didn't even think about that, because I didn't read the first one. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I didn't read the first but, one. But yeah. That, the other sequel that I read was Bloodmarked, and that wasn't as great as the first book, but yeah. Right. Okay, what's up next? So, re- new releases you haven't read but wanted to? But so them? many. This is an impossible mm-hmm. question. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many books. Uh, but most immediately, and, be- and because it comes out on Tuesday and I haven't read it, um, it's Small Worlds by Caleb Azuma Nelson. 
He wrote okay. Open Water, which was one of my faves of this year and the first book that I tapped this year. So I'm very excited to read his beautiful writing again. Um, yeah. But yeah, what about you? So I had two books out of the five books that I have that I want that were my most anticipated readings that I haven't read yet. And they're both mm -hmm. out. So The Haunting by Alejandra of Alejandra mm. by B. Castro. It's a horror fiction book. And God yeah. Themselves by Jay Nichelle. It's a poetry book. And I have been seeing this book everywhere, and it wasn't, like, a book I wanted to read until I started seeing it everywhere. But Yellow Face by R RF. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I really want to read that book. Dude, I'm so scared of that book. <laughs> I think it's Because I feel concept. like it is a great concept, but, like, for me to read from a horrible character's perspective for the whole entirety of the book is, like, daunting to me. Not me. <laughs> you're like give it give it i'm like let's do it why not i can't i can't i can't hate a person through the whole book i can't um <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next question is most anticipated release for the second half of the year mm. so huh. i have this book that i found um plant um plantains and are becoming poems by melina um M uh, Mania, Luisa mm. Marte, and it's the imaginative, blistering poetry collection. Marte looks at the identities and, histo and histories of the Dominican Republic and Haiti to celebrate and center the Black dis um, diasporic experience. And I think like that's such an interesting mm. um, concept. And also, a fiction one I'm looking forward to is The Apartment by Anna, Anna Mendez. And mm. it's like, um, it's kind of like uh, like you're looking at an apartment building in South Miami Beach and in 70 years the building has witnessed a change in both the city as well as the inhabitants within so apartment 2B has housed like different people and so you're looking at that through the years I guess mm, very cool yeah. yeah how about you uh, for me it's a very random choice um, but it's the happy couple by Nauise Dolan so I've never read this book I've never read this book, obviously. I've never read this author, but I've read right. many reviews that compare her writing style to Sally Rooney. And, like, if you give me a messy Irish book, I'm going to read it. I don't know why. I don't know why okay. I'm into that, but I'm going to read it. And the description sounds so messy. Uh, so it's an intimate, sharply funny novel about a couple heading toward their wedding and the three friends who are trying to draw them apart. So you have Celine and Luke. Uh, Luke is a serial cheater. Celine is more interested in her piano than her domestic life. And they plan to marry in a year. And their friends are kind of conspiring to keep them apart. It sounds crazy and very messy. And I'm apparently into that. So. Okay. Sounds good. Also, I didn't think, I didn't know, but Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia is coming out. Or yeah, it comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. I have signed copies. Do you want one? Maybe. <laughs> As she tells me that she's not buying books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I have selective right. hearing. Anyway, what's up? What's next? The biggest disappointment. Ooh. Um, so I have a few. Okay. And the reason I'm disappointed is because I have... I had very high expectations for them because I love their previous work. Um, mm -hmm. But the two that I'll mention is Ocean Vong and his second mm -hmm. book of poetry and Celeste Ng. 
Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, damn. Those were big I names. I know. It was kind of sad. Um, the biggest disappointment was The Witch and the Vampire by Francesca Flores. That book pissed me off. Yeah, they, they got you with that cover. They got me with they that cover. They got me with the <laughs> cover, the title, the concept. Like, oh, fuck that book, man. Yeah. <sighs> got upset. Yeah. Sad. Okay. And the biggest surprise? So my biggest surprise was Six Times We Almost Kissed by Tess Sharp. And I say mm. that because I thought it was going to be something so light. And then this book was going to be like something light that I read that'll make me happy. Like whatever. It'll be like a random like romance. And it was such an emotional, beautifully written book that I was just like, wow, did not expect this. So like that was my biggest surprise. How about you? For me, it was Open Water by Caleb Zuma Nelson, which I just mentioned earlier. I was really nervous to read this book because it's in second mm-hmm. person, and I ended up loving it, and that's why I was so surprised. Right. <laughs> I, I was very intimidated. I thought it would be weird to read it in second person, but I got used to it, and um, it was the first book that I tapped this year, so I loved it. I loved it. Okie doke. And favorite new author, debut or new to you? So I love this favorite, question. <laughs> my favorite new author is Justina Ireland. Um, I picked her up randomly, and it was, like, the best thing that I did. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just so random that I picked her up, and I and I just fell in love with her writing. Nice. Is she She's not debut. She's new to you, right? She's new to me, yeah. She's new to me. Okay, okay. Um, she's so, you know me. Too, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't see her in bookstores, which is kind of no, sad. And I'm just yeah. like, that's crazy, because... This, um, the series was just mm-hmm. so good. So I have her right. other book and I'm like, should I read it? And like, you know, but I, I'm not going to compare it. I wanted to give it time because I don't want to compare it to the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I hadn't, I hadn't picked it up. It was a standalone. So we'll see. I'll, I'll read it and see. It's been enough time. Right. Okay. Nice. Um, so, you know me, I had to do some statistics. <laughs> I can't even say the word statistics. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and I had to see, like, I did the math to see how many of them I had were new to me and how many were old to me. So 20 of the 33 books that I read were new to me people. Jeez. 20 out of 33, dude. And That's 11, crazy. obviously, not 11, 13 were old to me. Isn't that insane? I'm trying new yeah. things. It's crazy. Um, and I'm falling in love with a lot of people. So I have two new favorite authors, and they're new to me. They're not debut. Um, mm-hmm. So Natalie Haynes, and she did the Medusa book that I loved, Stolen Blind. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Lacey, uh, she did Biography of X. They're two new faves, and I already have their previous work, so I can go back and read them. I'm very excited. Right. Good. Okay, um, and what's next? New fictional crush. I, I have so many. I fall in love very easily. Um, <laughs> but but the first man that came to mind was Hart from uh, The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. That man can get it. He is seven feet oh tall. God. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a demigod. Like, what else can you ask for? Anyway, what's okay. yours? So I have two. And it was Catherine from Dread Nation series. And also Manuela Ooh. from An Island Princess Starts a Scandal by Adriana. Dude, I was going to slap you if she wasn't on there. Bruh. <laughs> she was just so good. Loved her. So good. And Noah's favorite character? Um, Anau- Anau- um, 
I always say her name wrong, but um, Emma from um, the Pattermaster series, but she was first known as um, Anawul. Anawul. I have to mm-hmm. really like practice saying that. Wait, who's yeah. this by? Um, by Octavia Butler. Um, oh, okay. Octavia Butler. Like, oh my God, she's such a hot uh, immortal. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, so I have three. Because, you know, why not? Um, So Elizabeth from Lessons in Chemistry. Mm -hmm. That was one of the first books that I read this year. She is a badass and I love her. Um, Mm -hmm. Hilo Hilo from Jade City. He is my king. I love him so much. And Manuela from Island Princess. Of course. She will always be a favorite. I'm waiting for her name. (laughs) She will always be a favorite. Yeah, I love her. Uh, What is a Uh book that made you cry? Oh, that's very obvious. I, I sobbed in my PJs, remember? Undertaking of Heart and Mercy, by far. Like, I've not, I've not having cried since forever. <laughs> right. And that book made me sob. What about you? Um, I feel like I only cried to one book this year, and that was Six Times We Almost Kissed by Tess Sharp. Um, though Luis Ortega's Survival Guide by Son- um, Sonora, Sonora Reyes, that almost made me cry. Oh, and You Don't Have a Shot by Raquel Marie. Um, we're so close, but they didn't make me cry. Um, alrighty, so then we're almost done, guys. <laughs> we promise. So the next question is the book that made you happy. So in the event of love by Courtney K, it was a cute Christmas book that I read in May. So it was how could you not get the Christmas mm-hmm. feels in May? It was <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I listen, I am a mood reader through and through. If I want to read a Christmas <laughs> book in May, I will do that. If I want to read the Twilight seasons in will July, not stop I will you. do that. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I will not wait. <laughs> How about you? Um, so for me, it was The Princess Bride. I laughed out loud so many times. And also the Rachel incident was also really, really funny. And this was um, a messy Irish book. So it's just my my thing now. I, I don't understand it. I don't get I it. I don't get it. Right. It's so weird. The girls that get it get it. <laughs> yeah. Next question. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Uh, um, most beautiful book you've bought so far this year received. The Haunting of Alejandra by V. Castro. So such yeah. A book. That cover is hot. Right. It's so I love it. gorgeous. How about you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be Stone Blind by Natalie Haynes. Mm. I have the arc, but the finished copy, dude, Chef's Kiss. It's, it's very, like, yeah, it's very shiny, very pretty. Yes. And the very last question is... What books do you need to read by the end of the year? You want to know You want to know my answer? What? <laughs> I literally wrote jokes, too many. I'm anxious even thinking about it. <laughs> I wrote all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them all of them and that's how that's how we end this questionnaire yeah, all of them i actually want to make sure that i mm-hmm. hit my goal of like the maybe not the goal of like the book goal like the book number goal but more specifically like reading yeah. different genres is like something that i need to i love that challenge yeah, such a good challenge Wasn't i would do it me. but i love fiction too much yeah. <laughs> yeah i get that yeah all right and that's um, all we have for you guys all right yeah thank you so much for listening as always and till next time what are we doing next time do we know uh i feel like we are we uh, i feel like we know don't we oh 
Oh, God, I'm so scared. Why did I bring it up? Oh, yeah, you motherfucker. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I remember. I literally could have I literally could have made you forget. Yeah, for and real, I, just I would have forgotten because, like, I have a m- memory of, like, <laughs> I'm like Dory, bro. We are doing bro, the, we, what's uh-huh, that thing called? Uh-huh. What is it called? What do we call it? She doesn't know what it's called, so we're not doing it. <laughs> the books are fighting, bro. The books are fighting. We're gonna battle our favorites for each month. Battle of the books. And I will be crying. Yep. At every and minute I was of more it. Careful this year too. <laughs> I only picked one. I feel like I almost. I only picked one favorite from every fucking category because last year, I fucked myself by doing more than one. That's true, but then when you have two faves from different months battling each other that's more torture i think yeah exactly oh well i guess yeah. <laughs> but we keep doing this yeah <laughs> anyway we'll be back with that because it is july and i know that people do mid-year checkups in june but like how are you gonna do a mid-year checkup when june isn't finished yet i agree exactly. it makes no so sense it has to be in july. in july when it's all done that's like when we do our our wrap-up we do it in january because december is over no books exactly. can sneak in yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you have until midnight of the 31st exactly um all right well thank you for listening and until next time bye guys